You're listening to Heather Solves Everything, a show about discovering strengths and solving problems. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome to Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. It's a solving problems show. And each week I bring your biggest problems to the experts who have the solutions. Now, before we jump into today's show, I want to remind you, look for Heather Solves Everything on Facebook and Instagram. That's where I post all the extra stuff from every episode and where I'll be sharing my 22 things in 2022. Sharing is caring, guys. So thank you for sharing your favorite episodes with all your friends and telling them that they should be a problem solver too. Now, today's problem is burnout. And my problem solvers are Brandy Carlson and Melanie Pelk. Brandy Carlson is the president of Strategic Empowerment Consulting. She holds a master's of social work degree from Florida State University and with 20 over 20 years working in the business and nonprofit sectors, she has a deep and diverse skill set working with organizational leadership teams to best serve their clients, overcome adversity, plan for the future and thrive. Welcome to the show Brandy. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Melanie Pelk is the founder and president of The Living Room, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering strength and hope and promoting healthful grief, healing, and awareness to all members of the community. After completing a master's in social work, Melanie was inspired to create The Living Room in response to her work with dying patients and their families through a local hospice program. The Living Room is currently focused on education and support regarding burnout, compassion fatigue, and secondary trauma. Melanie is also an adjunct faculty member in the College of Social Work at Florida State University. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Yay, thank you for having me. Yay. Are you guys ready to be problem solvers and solve everything? We are. Yes, we're ready. Let's get into it. Guys, did you know that burnout is something that over half of the people in the workforce are currently dealing with? And you might be one of those people and might not even know it. Some people think that burnout is really just stress. Some people say it's not that big of a deal. Just suck it up and deal. But burnout is described by the World Health Organization as an occupational phenomenon resulting from, these are key words, chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Listen to these words, chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Those are the words I want you to hear because this is a solvable problem. You can, in, you can incorporate elements into your work life and in your personal life to solve this problem. And Brandy and Melanie are here to teach us how. So it's not uncommon for somebody to say, oh, I'm just so burned out. But I'm curious to know, Brandy, how do we know that we actually are burned out? Well, let me just say first and foremost, when we're talking about burnout from our perspective and our purposes and the work that we're doing, we're talking about work, burnout at work, mm -hmm. right? And so there's a lot of different ways that people use the term burnout, as you've noted, 
I'm burned out from being a parent, you know, all those things. And those do obviously play into our work lives and have a big impact. But when we're talking about our work and as it relates to burnout, one of the things that you might see is cynicism, okay. is emotional exhaustion. And so that's not necessarily, although it could be that we're tired every day, but it just these these feelings of being drained and I can't get out of bed every day to go do this job anymore. We may start to see every client the same. So for example, let's say for folks who are in helping professions or are doing some sort of crisis work with families or with individuals, they may start to see those people in the same way. Mm -hmm. um, and so they can't really hear the individualism of each story in each situation enough to do their jobs effectively because we are so burned out that we're, <laughs> we're assessing everybody in the same way, which really has a negative impact on the client and ourselves. They lose some empathy. That's right. Yes. And, okay. and they, they lose that aspect of probably what drew them to a helping profession in the first place, wanting to connect with people. Yeah and care for people. But when when they are actually burned out professionally, then they lose that ability to connect uh -huh. and to care. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's it's really hard. I mean, we only have this a certain amount of capacity to to have that energy to help people, right? I mean, when we've got our family, we we have our work, we so when we're going in and actually doing this job and we're needing to help over and over for long periods of time and um it, it just is very difficult to you get to a point where you just can't like you literally cannot find that empathy anymore tell me about what you consider to be a helping profession are we talking about healthcare, first responders what type of group is this so we do work with all types of organizations no matter what they do However, when we're looking at helping professionals, we're really looking at, as you've identified, folks in healthcare, social services, um, first responders, lots of different types of organizations that are helping other humans Teachers, in many different ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look at it as anybody who's, if you're helping a human, you're helping, you know, create to help And people. animals. And animals, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a big one. I mean, that's a huge part of it that that the animal welfare people just kind of get actually put in animal people yeah yeah we're going to talk about that a little bit later on the show guys listen in because um later on grief and 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 loss and those elements are going to come into our conversation so if that is present in your life mm -hmm. or in the life of somebody that you care about um, we're going to have some resources for you as well now those High compassion, you know, the heavier types of roles I can see being really vulnerable to burnout. But burnout can happen in any profession, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's if it's a, it's a balance kind of thing too, right? So if you're giving so much and you're not ref renewing yourself and and enjoying life and participating in things that bring you that energy, you'll you'll end up burning out. Yeah. So we're thinking about, you know, ourselves at work and identifying 
am I able to care about job, my job? You know, do I have a feeling of hopelessness? You know, I know that, you know, sometimes you can have a feeling of it doesn't matter what I do because nothing's ever going to change or, you know, or I just can't make myself care anymore. But I wonder if whether we could also look at the other side of the coin as a manager, and as a supervisor, you know, how how can you identify and notice that people that you work with are are experiencing burnout? Melanie, what what do you know about that? Well, it's a it's it's important because when you when you're a lot of times when you're leading you're looking at how the performance is on the employee, right? Mm-hmm. And so if they make a mistake or you know, we're used to being like, you need to correct that, what's going on with you, what's wrong, you know, or whatever. And those are the people that are usually burned out. They're, you know, they're making mistakes because they're not fully there or they're maybe they get very argumentative because they don't have the capacity. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of different behaviors. So when you see somebody changing what what ends up happening is leaders a lot oftentimes are burned out themselves which if you're going to care for your burnout employee you need to then have more empathy mm-hmm. right and so but if you're burned out you don't have that either <laughs> you don't have much left in the cup right so then you're irritated mm-hmm. and, and, you know god bless, but that's just what happens right we get irritated we we're like well i've done your job before and you know, we did it, we didn't complain, and you just need to get going. And, you know, and, and so it becomes this this wheel. We just keep perpetuating it over and over again because we're all lacking that empathy. So we all get caught up in the cycle. Well, and, and there's an awareness piece, really, that's missing. And one of the first steps is, is that, like, what you're asking, do you know mm-hmm. if you are actually burned out or not? And so, like you said, most of the time people don't. It's not we don't talk about emotions. We don't talk about stress like this quite the same way. It's it's just not commonplace. So today we're going to really narrow down to what are the signals that your body is using to tell you that it needs help? And how can you identify that those same signals are being sounded by the people who are around you? And recognize if you're both caught up in the same wheel, in the same cycle, and one can't necessarily pull the other one out because you're both in it. We're going to dig into that. When we come back from the break, we've got a list of ways that you can tell whether you are burned out and look for signs of burnout in your organization. Stay with us. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather, and I'm so excited to announce that my book is ready for you to pre-order. It's called Happy Healthy You, Breaking the Rules for a Well-Balanced Life. I wrote this book because the healthy living to-do list is short and simple. Eat healthy, exercise, get some rest, and don't stress out. But knowing and doing are two different things, so help is here. We're going to explore how to understand your values and priorities, set boundaries, create a true vision for your life, and enjoy the benefits of healthy living right now. 
It's a 52-week guide, your path to finding a healthy lifestyle that suits your unique needs. Each entry includes a story with inspiration and advice, as well as a journaling prompt, weekly assignment, and reflection questions. I can't wait for you to read it. It'll be in stores May 2022, but you can pre-order it now wherever books are sold. Welcome back. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I've got two problem solvers with me. I know that I said I solve everything, but it's really with a little help from my friends. And today, my friends are Brandy Carlson and Melanie Pelt. They're here with their expertise hats on as facilitators of organizational well-being. We're talking about burnout in the workplace, professional burnout. Do you know when you have reached the end of what you can bring yourself to care about at work anymore? Have you had that feeling of hopelessness? The feeling of it doesn't really matter what I do because nothing's going to change anyway. Have you experienced an inability to care anymore about what people are dealing with at work? If so, you might be experiencing burnout. And I say might because it's a multifaceted conversation. You know, there are some elements that are contributors to a work environment that isn't healthy. There are some factors that could be a perfectly great work environment that has a few tweaks that need to be made. You know, sometimes, you know, it's an internal struggle that that you need to, to, to kind of work through. My guests are here today to help us start to make sense of this topic. And we've been talking about burnout on an individual level, but right now we're going to pivot a little bit and talk more about organizational burnout. What are some signs that an organization is getting burned out and causes of that? Brandy. One of the things that we see often in organizations are communication issues. Um, there are many different types of ways that burnout burnout shows up in organizations, as you've talked about. And so we are firm believers that you can't address before you assess. And so we brilliant, love it. <laughs> we we love to do a deep dive and not only survey, but also get that qualitative information from staff at all levels to make sure that we know exactly what it is that's happening within each organization. And that's really where we see some of the struggles in organizations addressing these types of issues is they often see that another organization is doing strategy A or B and they lay that on top of their organization expecting it to reduce burnout. And unfortunately, sometimes that actually causes more cynicism and burnout if it's not the right fit mm-hmm. for the organization. So we always come back to that, making sure that we know exactly what's happening with in each organization. In terms of the causes of burnout, there was a Gallup survey that was done that's pretty well known in the field of burnout 
that identified five main causes of burnout. So those are unfair treatment at work, unmanageable workload, lack of role clarity, lack of communication and support for managers, and unreasonable time pressure. And again, this looks different everywhere you go. And sometimes there's just one or two of these present in an organization. Sometimes they have a very manageable workload, but there's a lot of role clarification issues. So we need to come in and define roles and help the organization work through those things. Have you had an experience where the employees of an organization are showing signs of burnout that they are experiencing these elements, but then maybe the leader doesn't see it? And and how can you help them to see it? Yeah, that unfortunately is really quite often is what's happening, right? So we we see it with the pandemic right now, um, like healthcare, for instance. I think even leaders may see that their health, that the nurses and social workers and doctors and that they're burning out and they're not really trained to deal with that. They didn't go to school. You know, HR um, and leadership that you didn't study this. Mm-hmm. And um, and and to, there's a lot of intricacies and there's research done on what works. And so, like Brandy just said, if, you, you know, a lot of times they want to reward, you know, give them a pizza party mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. bonuses or whatever, when that actually causes more problems just because it would be better if they said, we're not really sure what to do to help you, but we see it, right? And so there's an authenticity that I think is hard with leaders, right? We, as leadership, what we have created in society is we look a certain way and we present ourselves. And to be able to say, I don't really know, isn't commonplace. But that's what we kind of need is leadership to change a little bit with a little bit more empathy. There's a lot going on right now um, with empathic leadership changing to that. We need that. Um, I think that sometimes leaders are um, are often fixers, you know, and and see that you know, there's not a sometimes there's not that there's a lack of caring about their team and their yeah. team's needs, but you know there are some competing priorities yeah. and you know wanting to fix the problem, like hurry up and fix it so that we can get back to being productive again. Yeah. And um, and you're right. I think that we have a tendency to just throw a solution at at a problem. Um, without discovering whether that solution is appropriate or whether or not sometimes that solution can cause more problems because now your team feels like you didn't even, you didn't listen, you didn't ask, yeah, then you didn't listen. Yeah. And now you're insulting us by assuming that we'll just take this blanket solution and, uh, and just roll with it, right. which yep. just creates more divide. That's right. That's right. Yeah, listening to employees is really one of the first steps in prioritizing this issue in an organization. Which is difficult, right? I mean, we're aware of how hard that is. And so that's why we work with leadership to talk about what's going on for them. What are their struggles too, right? We we don't assume leaders, like I said, we know they probably don't know and they've got their own stuff. I mean, they're trying to lead people. And like you said, if you're a fixer, if you got into leadership, you want to help. You want to make things better. And this is, it's so, it's so intricate that you can't just 
you can't just do one thing and it and it all gets better. So it's it's hard. So I know that you know we, you assess before you address. You know, so you have to assess the the organization and and then choose the interventions and and what needs to be how you address the problem. So can you tell me a little bit about how organizations address burnout in the moment? When you see this happening, what's your first step? So after doing this assessment, then we look to engage employees at all levels. So in our work, we do that through convening a burnout prevention team, or they may decide to call themselves something else, but that's employees, um, again, at all levels that weigh in on some of those issues. So we'll make recommendations, but we really want to make sure that it's a good fit for what they're seeing and have them be the drivers of that. And then after that, we look at the actual change strategies, implementing those and how to sustain those. So we're reevaluating at the end, did this work? Did we decrease burnout? And also, how do we keep these things going, these processes going? This is an ongoing um, process that we cannot just look at a one-time change strategy and then we're done. We've got to really institutionalize um, all these things that we're doing. I can imagine that I would want to have a group that's focusing on let's deal with the burnout that's happening now. But then I also need a team that's looking ahead that's to, right. to, you know, kind of like, like go ahead onto like the train tracks and make sure that we've got a smooth path ahead so that when we get to a few months down the road, this doesn't happen again. That's right. Sustainability planning yep. is a part of that and just looking forward to the future. Well, and, and part of it is we, we introduce a, a new way of kind of looking at things too, which we don't talk about, which is back to the empathic leadership where just being open-minded changes a lot. So if an employee comes in and they're just not doing well, if you, if we as organizations, as society, just were a little bit more like, what, what do you need? How can we help? Or what, you know, and just kind of change to that. It's a little bit, it helps a lot, right? To right now, what we do in society is we just, like you said, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We, we have this, um, it's just not realistic expectations a lot of times. And you'll, you're will you seeing that right now where there's like what they're calling the great resignation. People are starting to assess and look and say, this is not, not what I want to be doing. Exactly. We're seeing that across the board. And, you know, we can see that as a problem or we can see it as an exciting yes. revolution yep. in the way yep. that we work together. When we come back from the break, we're going to dig into some of the ways that we can actually ignite change within our organizations. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. We're solving burnout, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, 
it's Healthy Heather from Heather Solves Everything. I want to thank my sponsor, Kylene and Ryan Studios, a local husband and wife photography team who specialize in weddings and portraits of all kinds. Whatever special event you have coming up, they're your photographers for life. With a combined 32 years of professional photography experience, their unique perspectives shine through in every image you see. Find out more at KyleenAndRyan.com. That's KyleenAndRyan.com. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm here with my problem solvers, Brandy Carlson and Melanie Pelt. We are solving the problem of burnout in the workplace. You wake up in the morning and think, oh my gosh, I'm so over this. Guess what? Other people do too. Guess what? Your boss might think that too. And that's because burnout does not have, it does not discriminate. It shows up whenever you are experiencing unrealistic demands, lack of communication, lack of direction at work, you are at risk for burnout. Now, we've learned so far in this program that assessing and addressing burnout at work is not an intuitive thing. This is not something that we learn in like leadership academies, at least not, you know, when most of us who are in leadership positions were doing that kind of thing. And so we're at a loss here. And and it's fair to recognize that that is a skill that we are learning. This is something that we're learning how to do. And so we are highlighting some of the signals that you might see. Now, I'm going to introduce a, a term that we haven't mentioned yet in this episode, and it's kind of a, a new thing. It's not a new thing, but it's a new concept that it's new to me anyway. The idea of psychological safety. I first heard about psychological safety in the workplace a couple of years ago when I thought, what is that? <laughs> and then when I learned more, it made perfect sense. Feeling like you are supported and safe to raise a hand, ask a question, Ask why, point out that something could be better. In some work environments, that's not okay. Yeah, and from leadership and from employees. Exactly. You're just expected to just go with it and shut up and do your work. And psychological safety plays right into the concept of empathic leadership. Brandy, tell us what is empathic leadership and in psychological safety and how do these things work together in the workplace well you know both concepts there's a lot to say about (laughs) both we could talk all day about both i've worked in um, organizations myself where there was psychological safety and empathic leadership and where there wasn't so i've experienced those firsthand which is much of the reason that i do this work today Um, but i'll say that it really starts with us being able to be authentic about the things that we're experiencing and allowing others to be authentic. The other thing that's really important before we even talk about all the nuts and bolts of of those concepts is for us to look inward. Mm -hmm. So we alluded to this earlier where we talked about supervisory burnout. And 
one of the ways this shows up is that we see people kind of rise through the ranks of organizations because they're burned out, because they can't do frontline work anymore, but they may not recognize that in themselves. And so what we have is people being promoted. They know how to hide it really well, potentially. Um, and they may be very incredible, well-intentioned humans that are trying to take care of the folks they supervise and look out for them. But they're not looking at themselves first. And so, or they're, or they're not being truthful with themselves about where they're really at. And mm -hmm. so that's where we like to start in looking at empathic leadership is, are you really being empathic with yourself, mm -hmm. right? right? And that's a hard concept for many of us to grasp, especially when we're so used to just pushing through and getting the work done and not thinking about our feelings. I raise my hand as someone who has very much done that in work roles in the past. Well, especially when we're rewarded for doing that. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Then, you know, you have the drive to continue to prove that nothing ruffles your feathers. Yeah. But you're actually drowning. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the past couple of years, work has turned upside down. You know, we've been expected to keep towing the line, keep showing up, keep doing all of the stuff that we were doing before while pretending that we're not living in a completely upside down environment that we have never collectively experienced before. And the pandemic has has just turned work on its head. And I can only imagine that that contributes to burnout at work, the sense of, of loss mm -hmm. that we have for what life was like mm -hmm. before March of 2020. Yep. And, and that experience that we all had of a very sudden shift in how we were living. Mm -hmm. Melanie, what can you tell us about the role of grief and loss in burnout at work. Yeah, it, so we, we tend to, a lot of times you don't hear a lot about grief and loss, and I've had people say like, "What? why are we talking about grief and loss now? We're talking about burnout, right? And the reason is because firstly, they're very similar. So um, the pandemic has been, has really brought about loss and, and an awareness to many people who don't realize like loss was always associated with death, right? Mm -hmm. Grief is death. You, you don't grieve unless that's what's happened, right? But what we're all realizing is the losses that we're all experiencing in this pandemic, whether it's work, at home, I mean, all the deaths, what we're seeing in our system breaking down, those are all losses. And every loss, every disappointment, every expectation that's not met, it's all loss and it's all grief. And so that's the grief is a natural response, which is what's so hard. These are natural responses to what we're experiencing. Burnout is a natural response to being overworked and being in an environment where we're stuck like that, right? And so um, so we're starting to kind of see that loss is everywhere. And in our helping professions, we were already doing that. That's what was kind of leading to burnout in some ways anyway, because we see things. There's We, we can't unsee that stuff. And if we don't talk about our emotions, if we don't identify it, it sits. Mm -hmm. So that's one big thing. If anybody's listening right now with grief and loss, it sits, it doesn't go away. Grief does not unless it's released. And so the reason we talk about grief and loss, especially with this, is that it lends to burnout. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're carrying these feelings, you're feeling grief affects us physically, 
um, cognitively, spiritually, socially, emotionally, like it's, it affects us. So a lot of times what happens is physically, we really, it, there's a lot of the same feelings in burnout where you just can't, you're feeling hopeless, you, you're feeling sad, you're getting up and you, you, right, you don't want to do any of these things. The thing that, the reason we bring this up is because there are specific interventions with grief that can be done to release our grief. And so just having an awareness of like, oh, this is actually grief and loss, and this is burnout, we can actually take care of some of that and release it and do the things that even coming together as an organization and saying, hey, these losses happen a lot in this organization. What can we do together so that we're acknowledging that people go through these here at work? Some organizations are especially vulnerable to this. Um, we referenced earlier some of our first responders. Yes. And, you know, I know that, you know, you have done some work with um, animal services, yep. you know, with where individuals are daily dealing with the loss of life. Yeah. And, and you know, and, you know, pets and animals are part of our families. Yeah. And then, and also, um, you know, I've done some, some work with, um, 911 dispatchers yeah. oh. who don't get that closure of that phone call yeah. that is urgent and scary and they make the connection and then they get no closure on what happened. And that is is just the high and low, the spike of emotion yeah. that you, then the phone rings again and you, you do it again. And it's all lost. And there's triggers in that, right? And so part of it is that is is letting leadership and employees know that this happens, that loss and grief are a huge part of the work we do in many of the jobs that we do. And and that hopefully, like we said, you know, this things are changing, hopefully for the better, so that we can understand, hey, why do we keep pushing this down? If we push this down, it doesn't go away. It actually makes things a lot harder. And so there's an awareness piece, I think, that we really have been focusing on because a lot of people don't realize a lot of the things we've been talking about, right? We've grown up a certain way in, in our society and, and the pandemic has kind of pushed us into, um, into talking and looking at this much more clearly. I think it's definitely raised the um, ability for us to have those conversations. So much of my work in, in my career has been in crisis work. And one of the things that has been really important in that work and the work that we do with organizations now is, especially for some of the populations of folks that we're talking about today, to make sure that, that the interventions, that the things we put are, are systemic, that we're not expecting people to just, you know, deal with these things on their own, but we're building in um, into the organization a way to address these things. That's exactly what we're going to talk about next, guys. Stay with us because when we come back from the break, we've got some tips for you to get started on this today. It's Heather Solves Everything. Stay with us. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where we tap into your intrinsic strengths to solve the everyday problems of life. And I need your help. If you've got a problem that needs solving, let me know. It just might make it to the show. Go to CoachHealthyHeather.com and click on Solve My Problems. 
submit your idea, send it to me, and you never know, it might end up being on an episode of Heather Solves Everything. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything, and I wonder, do you feel like you're climbing a mountain every day? Do you feel like sometimes you're in a valley and nobody can hear you? If that's your every day at work, you might be burned out. That's the problem that we're solving today. My friends Brandy Carlson and Melanie Pelk are experts on the topic. And they are here sharing information that we can all use to identify burnout in ourselves, burnout in others, and burnout in our professional organizations. And we've learned a lot. And I think one of the most significant elements of this conversation is recognizing that we are all experiencing on-the-job training when it comes to the level of stress and burnout that we are expected to just roll with these days. Now, I think that we've got some pretty unprecedented levels of environmental stress these days. And as leaders, we can be authentic and vulnerable and, and admit, I see the problem, but I don't really know how to solve it. But I'm, I'm committed to solving it. And then as members of organizations, we can be authentic and vulnerable by saying, I think we have a problem and I want to help be part of the solution so that we open the door to conversations where everybody can talk about this stuff because everybody's dealing with it and nobody knows where to start. So we left off talking about you know, just ways that we can identify, you know, what's going on. And, and then the next step being, what do we do? You know, if we've recognized burnout in ourselves, we've recognized burnout in others, we've recognized burnout in our organizations. If I'm a leader, what do I do? So the first step is prioritizing the issue. And that sounds very easy and straightforward, but in practice, it's not. <laughs> so it takes a lot for us to, as you've talked about, be authentic, that we do actually have a problem, especially if we have a lot of ownership in the organization. We've been there for many years and we've had a hand in building the culture. And, and so that has to be a part of it. Um, and then do we need some funding? It doesn't take a lot, but do we need some? Do we need to dedicate our time and staff time? So in order to build organizational capacity around this issue, we absolutely must put some sort of resources towards the issue. Yeah, I mean, just identifying the reality that we don't necessarily have to have the solutions to all of the problems can help us be able to reach out to consultants like you to bring in experts who can help us assess so we can address. 
I mean, if you think about it, why would leaders really have the answers? Because like we said, they aren't trained on this. I mean, especially with the pandemic, right? With all the amount of loss, we've never been through a pandemic before. Um, we're trying to get through this the way we've lived life before. It's just not working. And right. we're and that's why we're all feeling that because we're trying to like live through a pandemic and work with the same capacity and the same productivity that we've done before. And so, yeah, leaders aren't going to know that. But it is hard to say, I don't know, right? right? That I don't know what to do or I, I want to help, but I, I don't know and I, I'm not sure. Tell me about the Helping the Helpers program. So our program works to support organizations who are experiencing burnout or just want to make sure that their folks are taken care of and that they're shoring up any of those potential burnout issues. Um, Oftentimes, organizations are doing work around employee engagement, and they think that that may be addressing the issue. Unfortunately, it's not the same issue, right? You can have some of the most engaged employees be burned out at Mm -hmm. the same time. Some of your most valuable employees. And so we help to distinguish those issues for folks. And and we also, um, in the next few weeks, are wrapping up an online course that will be available to leadership teams of all types of organizations that's really kind of a lower level commitment than bringing in a consultant that helps to teach folks how to do the work internally in their own organization. And they may, you know, participate in the online course and still decide it would be great to have folks with expertise in burnout to come in and consult on this, like helping the helpers. Um, But it really will give them the tools to do it themselves if they want to put their own time or their staff time into it. Where do you find this online course? So strategicempowermentconsulting.com under courses. It will be listed there. Excellent. All right, guys. So if if this has has piqued your interest, if a light bulb has gone off, if you think, hmm, I might need to dig into this a little bit more, um, check out online course. It's going to be your first step towards identifying, um, you know, what what you need to do to address what you have assessed, and then to help you determine, do I need to bring in you know, people for more expertise? When somebody does recognize that they want to bring in um, expertise in this field, what should they look like? Look, look, what should they look for in an organization? So Melanie and I are big proponents of self-care. So I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea when I talk about this. We, we love self-care and we promote it at every opportunity we get. However, if someone is solely focused mm-hmm. on self-care as a strategy to prevent or address burnout and organizational culture change, I would be worried about that in terms of bringing that person in. So we want to look at someone who really understands that Based on the World Health Organization definition as of 2019, this is a workplace phenomenon. And and although there are tremendous implications for individual uh, mental health, individual self-care issues, we've got to really focus on the organization itself and and all of the levels in order to do the work well. There's a place for your personal 
health and well-being, that's your right. personal self-care, and mm-hmm. what you do to care for yourself as an individual. And that's different yep. from what's going on f- with workplace. Well, and well-being. and it's important for both, right? So yep. let's say if you're in an organization and you're waiting for them to change everything for you and you're not doing any of the self-care, that's not going to work either, right? right? And so... It, 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 you have to be doing leaders, employees. We all have to be doing that self care because we need to be aware. Am I, am I grieving right now? Am I experiencing loss? Am I burned out? Right? Am I? Do I need more sleep? What am, do I? What do I need to cope? And we don't normally think about ourselves that way. We don't think about like what I'm feeling and what can I do to make myself feel better. We just don't. And so it is. It's very much a learning curve in that respect. And so it's it, you know one thing more than anything is is you're not alone in this, right? No, nobody, it's just saying that, like, mm-hmm. it's okay for them to say, we don't know what to do. Um, and yeah. and to start learning some of the the real hands-on strategies that can help them be able yeah. to, to change the course mm-hmm. um, of the ship, not change the course that they're going to take when they go to strategicempowermentconsulting.com. <laughs> <laughs> So we've talked about a lot today, guys. We've talked about identifying the sources of burnout. We know that burnout can happen when you don't have clear communication. You might not have clear direction about, um, you know, what is a priority, especially when everything feels like a priority. You might not, you might have more work than one person could handle. And you might be in an environment where the culture is head down, keep working, and don't, you know, never let them see a sweat. And you might be the leader of that organization. And you might look around and realize, holy crap, I have created a situation that I don't know how to fix. And that's okay, because we are all learning this together. And there are resources available to help you be able to assess so that you can address. I'm so appreciative to Brandy and Melanie for being here today. Thanks, guys, for bringing your awesome brains to Heather Solves Everything. It was great Thank to you be for here us. with you. Yay! Well, guys, remember, you can always find out more about what we talk about on this program and other episodes. Um, just look for Heather Solves Everything on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have a problem to solve, go to heathersolveseverything.com and click on Solve My Problems to submit a show topic idea and we will get it done together. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope that something great happens for you today. I'm Healthy Heather and I'm always here to help you solve everything. To connect with Heather and find out more about today's show, just look for Heather Solves Everything on Facebook and Instagram. With a little help from your friends, you can solve everything too. 